Great. Emily, thank you uh, very much. Uh, I'd be very grateful if you could keep that passage uh, open in front of you. We're going to look at that over the next uh, couple of minutes. And let me uh, pray for us. Uh, Jesus says that he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And his sheep know his voice. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray that uh, this evening we uh, who are your sheep would hear your voice loud and clear. And we who are your sheep who are prone to wander away from you uh, will listen to your voice and follow you faithfully. Help me as I speak, help us as we listen uh, to hear your voice loud and clear and to do what you say. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, Well, he was born into poverty. He lived most of his life in obscurity. Uh, He never wrote a book. He never held public office of any sort. At the age of just 33, his life ended. He was executed as a criminal. And yet, nearly 2,000 years later, almost a third of the world's population uh, claim to follow him. He's inspired countless works of art, Uh, He has uh, inspired numerous acts of service. Uh, Many people have laid down their lives on his behalf and for his cause. Uh, Even those who reject him still admit that he has had a greater impact on Western life and culture than anybody else in history. Who are we talking about? It is, of course, uh, Jesus Christ. And yet, for for all Jesus' unparalleled influence on uh, society, on civilization, uh, many people, I think, today still would struggle to say who he is and just why he is so significant. Uh, Take a recent example. US presidential candidate Donald Trump. Uh, Never a man usually at loss uh, for words. And yet he struggled to answer that question when a reporter put it to him uh, very recently. Uh, This was his answer, and I think it was given after a certain amount of uh, prevaricating. Uh, Somebody I can rely on in my mind. Whatever that is uh, supposed to mean. I wonder what you would say if uh, you were asked uh, that question this evening. Who is Jesus? Why is he so uh, significant? I guess we would probably have a range of answers, but I'm sure uh, we would do. But what would be the answer of Jesus himself? Who did Jesus think that he was? Why did Jesus come? What was his mission uh, all about? Well, the Gospel of John, uh, that that reading that Emily just read for us uh, comes from, is written to help us answer those questions. Uh, Right at the very end of the book, John tells us why he is bothered to put all this stuff together and to write it. And he tells us this is the reason. He says, it's so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Uh, John was one of Jesus' closest friends. Uh, He watched him, he listened to him uh, throughout his uh, kind of public ministry. Uh, And he recorded for us a number of Jesus' works and a number of Jesus' claims uh, for us to evaluate and make a decision about who Jesus really is. 
And I want to examine two of those claims this evening that I think we find in those verses that Emily read for us. Uh, as we consider who is Jesus and what does uh, he offer us. And the first claim I think that Jesus makes in those verses is this. He offers us security in an uncertain world. We have the next slide, Richard, that would be great. Thank you. Uh, he offers us security in an uncertain world. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the world stopped as it remembered one of the, uh, probably the, the darkest days in, in recent history. It was, of course, the terror attacks on the World Trade Center uh, in New York back in, uh, on the 11th of September uh, 2001. Uh, I guess it was a bit like the JFK assassination was for a previous generation. You can probably remember uh, where you were uh, if uh, you, you were there. It was a defining moment uh, for our world. Uh, all of a sudden, the, in the days and months afterwards, uh, the world seemed a far more dangerous and a far darker place, perhaps, than it had done before. The people to whom Jesus uh, spoke those words uh, that we've got here um, originally uh, would have understood, I think, that sense of fear and uncertainty uh, that many have felt in uh, the days and months following uh, 9-11 and still do now, I guess. Uh, The country they lived in uh, was the country of Israel. It was uh, small, it was lacking power and lacking influence. Uh, For most of its history, it had been frankly marked by instability and uh, uncertainty, to be honest. Uh, Even as Jesus was speaking those words, they were under uh, the jackboot of the Romans. The Romans were the uh, occupying power. Uh, Nothing seemed certain to the people of Israel, except that the future was uncertain, as it were. Uh, They had no way of knowing what the future might hold for them or of having any kind of security. And as is so often the case, and it's probably not surprising, uh, that in times of uncertainty, in the middle of all this, there were many leaders and movements who were around at that time claiming that they had the answer to all the problems. So, for example, there were some political leaders Uh, Political leaders coming and making the claim that politicians have always uh, made. I've got a new form of politics, you follow me, life will be better for you. Uh, Everyone will be better off, everyone will be secure. There were religious or kind of spiritual leaders and teachers uh, who claimed that their new brand of faith and, and, and philosophy was the answer. Uh, They would claim that if you just did what they said, if you kept their rules, then you'd be all right, and life would be good. Uh, Others, in a rather more uh, darker sense, uh, were frankly what we would describe as terrorists today, Uh, fanatics, uh, recruiting for volunteers to come and join their their wars and insurrections against the Romans. Uh, They'd gather together, uh, encourage people to give their lives uh, in the cause of freedom. Well, Jesus' assessments of these leaders and their movement as movements could not be uh, more scathing, could it? And I wonder if you can see it with me in verse 8 in our reading. What does he say? All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. That's a damning assessment, isn't it, if ever there was one. They're thieves and robbers because instead of giving people security and comfort, just as they promise, they actually end up taking it away. They make false promises that they can never keep. If you listen to them, it will only lead you into deeper difficulties. Jesus says they're no better than thieves or bandits. 
They don't give security. They rob it. They take it away. Uh, Sadly, the situation that Jesus is describing is one that I I guess many of us will be uh, familiar with, uh, all too familiar with, uh, in today's uh, world. Uh, There are numerous uh, movements, uh, religions, uh, philosophies, uh, forms of belief that make similar claims, as they always have done through history. They claim they've got uh, the newest ideas or the latest truth. It might be the claim of some kind of uh, new uh, sort of faith movement or sort of new age movement that claims that if you sort of uh, follow this pattern of life or you meditate for a certain length of time, uh, then you will find lasting peace and tranquility. Maybe it's a political movement that says if you join this movement and you uh, work with us, uh, you'll be better off. Uh, Our ideas will change the world and things will be better again. Maybe at a much more basic level, it's just a group that uh, we come across that make that promise. And and it's a a very kind of insinuating promise, isn't it? And it's a very attractive promise. That if we become part of them, then suddenly we'll be popular. We'll be part of the in crowd. Uh, We'll be secure and we'll be fulfilled. Some of those groups might be fairly harmless, I guess, relatively speaking. Uh, Some of them might be more helpful than others. But ultimately, they're all making promises that they can never fully fulfill. They're thieves and they are robbers. Well, Jesus instead invites us to find security in him. Do you see verse 9? This is what he says. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Uh, Jesus is the best security that we could possibly have in an uncertain world. Needs a bit of explaining, I think, uh, that verse. Uh, In the days of Jesus, uh, sheep would be kept safe from harm in a pen. Lots of Jesus, um, the crowd that were listening to Jesus were uh, were farmers and agricultural people, country folk. They would have understood exactly uh, what Jesus meant in a way that it's more difficult for us. Uh, they would have known that sheep needed to be kept safe from harm in a pen. And what happened was the shepherd would then lie across the opening uh, of the pen to kind of act as a sort of gate uh, and to, uh, to let the sheep in and out. Uh, the only way in to the pen uh, was through the shepherd. And that is what Jesus is comparing himself to. He's telling us, isn't he, that the way to find security and safety in life is to come to him, to come through him. And he tells us, doesn't he, uh, that he has laid down his life for the sheep, verse uh, 11. Because he laid down his life for the sheep, because he died on the cross to secure uh, our forgiveness, to secure access uh, to God, we know that whoever listens to his voice and whoever comes to him will find peace and security like nothing else in life. They will have access to God. Because Jesus is the gate that opens into the presence of God himself. He offers us security, friends, in an uncertain world. Or maybe uh, you are a student tonight, you've come up to uh, university and uh, you're excited about all that uh, university has to offer you. Uh, It's often said, isn't it, that when uh, you start at university, it's your chance to be whoever you want to be. You can kind of uh, shed the old life behind and you can sort of reinvent yourself if you want uh, for uh, the future uh, ahead of you. 
Maybe you want to be sporty, say you join the rugby club or the hockey club or something else. Uh, Maybe you've decided you want to be an intellectual, so you wear black and you join the debating society or modern poetry or something like that, and you try and uh, show yourself as an intellectual. Maybe you're musical. Why not join an orchestra or uh, form a band or something like that? Uh, Maybe you just want to be different, so you try uh, live-action role-play. That's one of my friends did. (laughs) Asked me after the service. I guess whoever we are, it doesn't have to be a student to know this. Deep down, all of us want security, don't we? We want an identity. And for many of us, that comes from being part of a group and following some kind of movement and being part of it. But Jesus invites us instead to come to him. He is the gate. Uh, He's the gateway to God. He's the gateway to security and safety in his presence. When we know that we're right with him, when we know that we're part of his flock, part of his people, uh, then we will know peace in a way that nothing else in the world can possibly match. That's the first thing that Jesus offers us this evening. It's uh, security in an uncertain world. Well, what's the second? I think the second is this. Jesus offers us satisfaction in a meaningless world. Satisfaction in a meaningless world. Uh, A few years ago, a um, group of celebrities were asked to comment on what they thought the meaning of life was. I think it was quite a brave idea on the part of the publishers, but as you will see in a moment, it was ultimately fairly futile. Um, It soon becomes apparent, if you read some of the comments, that very few at all had any idea whatsoever about what the meaning of life was. Uh, Some of them tried uh, some humour. So this was the comment of comedian Alexi Sale. He said, I don't know about the meaning of life, but I do uh, know the meaning of squirrel in German, apparently. There we go. Uh, Others decided to be quite profound and intellectual. This was uh, the former Labour leader Neil Kinnock's answer. Uh, Mutality is the essence of life. Good luck explaining that one, I think. Uh, I think the most honest answer came from the distinguished actor Sir Michael Horden. This is what he said, and he was writing, actually, sadly, just a few weeks before he died. And he said these words. "Uh, Sadly, at the end of my life, I can see no meaning except to fade into the light of the common day. Quite a, well, quite a tragic, frankly, statement to make for somebody who'd achieved so much in their particular field. And yet at the end of it, as life was ebbing away, really couldn't see what life had all been about. Uh, The Greek philosopher Plato, uh, many, many centuries ago, I think put his finger on the situation when he said this. He says, uh, man is a being in search of meaning. Uh, Whether we want to admit it or not, uh, all of us want our lives to have purpose. We all want our lives to have meaning. We don't want to get to the end of it and think, well, what was all that about? What a waste of time. We're longing for satisfaction. Where should we look for satisfaction? Well, I guess the world would say there are a number of ways in which we can look, or a number of directions we can look. Uh, So for some people, money and possessions appear uh, to be the answer. When I was at university, I had a friend who was very open that the uh, whole point of his life was to become, in his words, obscenely rich. Uh, He is still trying, it has to be said. But I think even if he'd achieved that aim, I don't think it would have made much difference. Uh, 
Uh, someone once observed that uh, money and possessions are a bit like seawater. Uh, the more you drink, the thirstier you get. You just want more and more of it. It's never enough. It never satisfies. That's one way we can look. Another way, for example, uh, might be sex and relationships. And that's a good thing, of course, we know. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a drunken fling. It can be a, a, a kind of steady relationship that we hope uh, will bring us uh, fulfillment and meaning in our lives. Uh, so many people think that somewhere out there there is a soulmate, and if they can just find their soulmate, then life will be complete and, uh, and everything uh, will be well again. And yet, so many people have realised it doesn't often work out like that. Uh, just uh, this other week, I was uh, reading that apparently last year, on average, one out of every three marriages that were celebrated in the United Kingdom uh, was a second marriage for one of those part of the partners. Uh, clearly, it's not all happily ever after, is it, for people who think that they have found uh, their soulmate. Uh, others might uh, turn to look for success. They think that if somehow they can get to the top of their particular field, whatever that might be, whether it's sports or music or academic success or their career or something else, then they'll be happy. I, I guess that this is probably the, the, the thought behind uh, this uh, uh, quotation I came across from uh, Madonna. Uh, she said, I won't be happy until I'm as famous as God. The idea that somehow if I just reach the top of my tree, if I'm well known, then I'll be happy. And yet it doesn't happen. I guess for many people, Christianity would probably be the last place that they would uh, look to seek happiness and fulfilment. Uh, why would you bother when there are so many other things on offer? And yet Jesus tells us here that actually it's here that the true answer to the meaning of life can be found. He said, hasn't he, that all these other things, all these other people who are making these grand claims actually are thieves and robbers. They come, he says, to steal, to kill and destroy, verse 10. And yet why has he come? Well, this is what he says. He says, I have come, verse 10, that they or we or you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has come, friends, to bring us the life and satisfaction that deep down each of us uh, desperately crave. Well, you might sit there and say, well, well, I am alive. I'm here. I'm breathing just about. Uh, what more else could I need? And you might say, well, that's true. Uh, the Bible tells us, though, that even though physically we might be alive, we might be breathing, we might be sort of uh, appearing to be alive... Uh, spiritually, on the inside, it's a different story. The Bible describes us as spiritually dead, and this is why. Uh, the Bible explains that, that what has happened to humanity is that all of us have turned our back on God. Uh, we've rejected uh, God. We've said, actually, God, we want to live our lives in the way that we uh, want to live, and without reference at all to you. And the consequence for that, that the penalty, if we might put it like that, uh, is to spiritually be dead. It's to be cut off uh, from God, uh, both now in this life and uh, in eternity. It is spiritual death. And so on the outside, things might look great. We might well be breathing, we might be alive, things might look pretty good. But actually on the inside, it's a very, very different story. Well, how is Jesus able to bring us the life 
that we want. Well, he tells us, I think, in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As the Bible goes on, the Bible explains to us that the penalty that we deserve for rejecting God is death. All of us deserve it, whether we like it or not. Uh, That is the sentence that God has passed for those who have rejected him. And yet in that verse, we see astonishingly, Jesus has paid the penalty for us, on our behalf. He is the good shepherd, yes. Uh, More than that, he laid down his life on the cross on our behalf. When he dies on that cross... When he was executed by the Romans, they thought they were executing a criminal. What they were actually doing is putting into plan God's rescue plan that he had established from uh, before the world began to put us right uh, with God. He did that because when we listen to his voice, when we respond uh, to his offer of new life, we can be welcomed back as part of his flock. He tells us, doesn't he, in verse 16, he says, I've other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Uh, He will be our shepherd, and we will be part of his people, under his tender, loving care. That is life. Life just as God always intended us to enjoy the way that life was meant to be. I don't know if we've got any uh, English lit students here, or past or present, but um, Charles Dickens' tale of uh, two cities, it's set in the French Revolution, is I think probably one of the greats of of English literature. Uh, Let me uh, do a spoiler alert for you. The dramatic climax of the the book is that comes right at the end, uh, when the main character, who's a kind of feckless lawyer called um, Sidney Carton, manages to substitute himself for his friend, Darnay, who's in prison. He's facing the guillotine. Uh, They look very alike. Uh, They come in and they swap clothes. Uh, Darnay escapes, and it's Carson who gives his life and goes to the guillotine instead. Uh, Because one man died, another one lives. And that's what Jesus says happens here. Because Jesus willingly laid down his life, and he did give it willingly. He tells us, doesn't he, verse 18, he, nobody took it from him. He lays it down of his own accord. Because he freely gave his life for you and for me, uh, we can be welcomed back to God. We can enjoy the life that we were created uh, to enjoy. We can know freedom from sin and death. We can know forgiveness, we can know satisfaction, purpose, a life with God that we were intended to live. Friends, we can know life. Uh, Here are the words of uh, one person, a student, I think, who has found that offer of Jesus to be true. And I I offer it to you in the hope that it might strike a chord and it may uh, well do. This is what they said. Uh, I was determined to get the most out of life. I joined clubs, I partied, I lived in a constant world of uh, social activity. To my friends, I seemed to be really living. But deep down inside, I knew it wasn't true. Then I heard about the new life that Jesus Christ offers. Somehow I knew that this was what I needed. And so I asked him into my life to renew it and redirect it. Since then, I've known increasing satisfaction and fulfilment more than I have ever known before. 
Uh, I offer that testimony because I think it's a testimony that I would, uh, I would uh, agree with, and I guess many others here would as well, and many other Christians uh, would say the same. Uh, Jesus is the place to, to, person to come to uh, for satisfaction in a meaningless world. When we listen to him, when we respond to his offer of forgiveness that he so lovingly gives us, then that will lead us into true satisfaction. Life and life to the full. I don't know if you noticed right at the end of our reading, but uh, John makes an interesting observation for us. Uh, He tells us in verse 19 that at the words of Jesus, the crowd was divided. (laughs) Uh, Some of them thought Jesus was simply mad uh, or possessed or something like that. Uh, Somebody in any rate who was not worth bothering with. Somebody they could uh, happily ignore. And yet others realised that there was something more than that. Uh, He's clearly not possessed. He's clearly not mad. There's something about him that stands out and is worthy of taking seriously and investigating. That decision that divided the crowd when they first heard the words of Jesus is the same decision that actually faces us uh, here this evening as well. Uh, Each of us here this evening has to make a decision on what Jesus says and on what he claims. We have to decide Is he deluded? Is he deceitful? Is he just winding us up? Is he a liar? Or is he who he says he is? Is he the son of God? Is he the Christ, as John tells us that he is? Is he right? This is the promise that Jesus gives us. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He says we will find security in an uncertain world. We'll find satisfaction in a meaningless world will find life in all its fullness, as it was meant to be. I don't know uh, where you are at, spiritually speaking, uh, this evening as you come in. It may well be you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, and that's uh, wonderful. You know that this is true for you. But it might be that you know that you've wandered. And may I encourage you to come back to Jesus. He is the place where we find that, those two things, security and satisfaction. We won't find them anywhere else. It might be that you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus yet, but you're still exploring, and that's, that's great, that's wonderful. Well, let me encourage you, just as Jonathan was uh, letting us know during the notice period earlier in the service, uh, why not consider coming on to Christianity Explored? It's just started. It's, uh, you won't be asked to do anything stupid. It's just a, a, a short seven-week course where we explore who Jesus is, uh, what he came to do, what he offers us today. If you want to come, come along, just uh, either turn up on Thursdays at the church hall, course to eight, or just let me know. Uh, we'd love to have you with us. Uh, it may be that uh, you're still not sure, keep coming back. Why not speak to the person uh, who you came with? If you're a student, why don't you uh, try and get along to the Christian Union and their meetings? It's a group of students on campus who are seeking to live for Jesus and explain the claims of Jesus Christ to their friends. Uh, They'd love to uh, talk to you more about these things. Talk to me, talk to Jonathan. Uh, We'd love to speak to you about these things. But above all, friends, make sure you don't miss out. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. Let's make sure we enjoy that life, shall we? Can I pray for us? Jesus, thank you for your wonderful offer. 
Uh, Thank you that you freely came and you gave your life for us on the cross. We realise that we don't deserve it, none of us do. And yet it's your free gift that allows us to enjoy security as part of your people and satisfaction as we are forgiven and we can enjoy life with you just as it was always meant to be. And we pray for each of us, whatever uh, situation we find ourselves in this evening, that we would know that to be true for ourselves, that we would have life and have it to the full. Amen.